If you listen to a podcast about work-life balance and time management long enough, you start to hear words like time blocking and task batching thrown around like they're no big deal. Full disclosure, five years ago, I'd never heard of time blocking or task batching. And if you'd recommended task batching to me back then, I'd probably have said, task what? Are we talking batches like cookies? If so, sign me up for the cookies. I'll have chocolate chip, please. If you're like me, a little explanation goes a long way. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to bet that making the most of your time is pretty darn important to you. Well, one way to take back your time is with task batching. And instead of diving into it myself, I decided to bring in an expert to give you the inside scoop on how you can use batching at home, at work, and pretty much all over the place to get more done in less time. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 56 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest is most definitely the batching queen. Let me tell you all about Amanda Warfield. Amanda Warfield is a simplicity-focused time management and business strategist, and she's the host of Chasing Simple, a podcast to help creative entrepreneurs uncomplicate their life and biz. She's the founder of the Simplified and Balanced Sisterhood, And her signature course, Content Batching Bootcamp, teaches busy entrepreneurs how to create an entire month's worth of content, from blog posts to podcast episodes to social media and more, using her tried and true batching method so they can stop wasting their time and start creating consistent content that will grow their audience and their business. Her mission is to help overwhelmed entrepreneurs take back their time and energy so they can stop trying to fit it all in, stop feeling guilty for spending time not being productive, and stop feeling worn out and defeated at the end of each day. Most days, you can find Amanda curled up with a good book and a giant mug of coffee, daydreaming about Disney or snuggling with her cats and husband. In today's conversation, Amanda shares exactly how she uses batching in her own life, plus her other go-to time management tips, including her thoughts on paper versus digital planning. You'll hear her unique take on work-life balance and why flexibility is such an important part of the equation. Amanda explains why batching definitely isn't just for laundry or business owners and how to use batching in any part of life. Plus, don't miss her best advice and step-by-step recommendations for anyone who wants to take back their time, stop spinning their wheels, and create space for what matters most. Amanda and I connected as members of Megan Martin's Digital Lab. Back in episode 52, you met Megan Martin, the mom of four digital CEO and founder of the Digital Lab, an all-access online learning community for business owners looking to add digital products like courses, templates, and downloads to their portfolio. I have learned a ton and made so many great connections inside the Digital Lab, and I would love for you to join us. 
visit abouttimepodcast.com forward slash digital lab or click the link in the show notes to start your 14-day free trial and see what it's all about. As usual, you know you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes. This week's episode's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 56, including links to Trello and more info about how to stay in touch with Amanda. Finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman-Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Cornick. Hey, Amanda, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited to host you today and to introduce you to all of my listeners. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. And when I first found you on Instagram, I was just so pumped because there's not many other self-proclaimed time management lovers out there. And so I'm just so excited for this conversation and where it's going to go between the two of us today. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm really excited too. And you're right. I mean, there there are not a ton of us uh, time management coaches out there. And so I love when we find each other and can get to know each other and support each other. And, you know, maybe someone listening thinks it's weird. Like, Anna, why would you have another time management coach on your podcast? Um, because it's fun. <laughs> and we can learn from each other. So I'm absolutely just delighted to have you here. Yeah. And I think I think it's so great because time management, obviously, anyone who's into time management is going to be pretty organized and a planner by nature. But it's like we're a subset of that kind of community because I know when I first started my business, I wanted to help people be more organized and intentional, but I didn't know I, – I didn't want to help people plan necessarily and I didn't want to help people organize necessarily. And it took me so long to figure out that time management was like my jam and that was what I was really into. And so it's so fun to get to talk to other people who have also kind of taken that segue. Yes, it is definitely my jam. So, so glad to have the kindred spirit in you. So, Amanda, before we press record, I told everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do, but I always love to hear it in your own words. So, would you please tell us how you spend your time these days? Yeah. So, again, everyone's heard probably three times now that I am a time management and business strategist. And that's how I spend most of my time during the day is just working on my business, helping serve other women, other entrepreneurs that need help with that aspect because it's not something that comes naturally. And I just love being able to help other people take back their time. But when I'm not working, 
I'm typically annoying my cats and trying to snuggle them or (laughs) they they really are not not fans of that but I'm always trying or I'm trying to spend as much time as possible with my husband or I am talking his ear off about Disney that one's that one happens a lot (laughs) talking his ear off about Disney tell me a little more about that oh my gosh I could literally fit Disney into any conversation it's really bad (laughs) But I just, I don't know, the new improvements, they're always developing things. I love how innovative Disney is and there's always something yes. new that they're doing, new movies, and I, anything, all things Disney. I'm obsessed. I love it. So, Amanda, the last time I went to Disney World with my husband's family, it was before we got married, and I love all of the Disney details, okay? Mm, yes. Just all of the detail that they put into things like the Around the World Showcase. I am always so excited and impressed by all of the details, the little bitty tiny details that Disney puts into the design of their parks from the, you know, Around the World Showcase to Main Street. And I probably drove my future in-laws crazy because I walked so slow everywhere we went trying to take in every single tiny detail. That's, to me, one of the best things about Disney is that attention to detail and how detail-oriented they are. The things like how they pipe in the smells of bakeries onto Main Street so that it smells like you're walking through an actual small-town mainstream. I love all of it. They have so many little details. I don't know if you know this, and again, this is the Disney nerd coming out in me, but Disney once did a study on how far people would walk with trash in their hands yes, before they yes. found a trash can and dropped it on the ground, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. The fact that they do things like that and they even think to analyze data like that blows my mind. Yes. Exactly. It's so there, when you look beyond, and this is, guys, this is not turning into a full Disney podcast, I promise, <laughs> but like when you look beyond the surface level of the entertainment value and you look at the, exactly, the data, the details, all the research, like what goes into creating such an amazing experience, there are so many lessons in there for business owners and professionals. And I just, I love it. Okay, quick. What's your favorite Disney movie? Oh my goodness. Um... Probably the Princess and the Frog. Oh yay! New Orleans. Yes, yeah. I love it. Um, we love, love watching that one. It's so great. I am actually not a big movie person, and so every time I want to watch a movie, it's that one, and it drives my husband insane. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I think that this year alone, uh, Camilla and I have watched Moana. Oh yes. I mean. I'd probably have to look at how many days are in the year and then maybe subtract 12 of them. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I know. I know. It is. It's such a fixture in our house. Moana is such a, you know, strong female character and yeah. I just, I love her. So, okay. <laughs> Disney, talking your husband's ear off about Disney, serving your clients as a time management coach. Tell me a little bit more about how you serve your clients. So a big part of what I do with my clients is helping them set up schedules and systems and structures that fit into their life that are both structured and full of boundaries, but also are really flexible so that it's not this perfectionistic, I have to do all of these things on this list and check everything off and then my life will be perfect because that's not how you find work-life balance. Balance comes in the flexibility, but I help them set up those structures so that they can 
then have a safety net when they need to move things around and be flexible and find that balance. I love that. And I, I love that it's almost phrasing it like work-life flexibility instead of true work-life balance. I'm always looking for new ways to um, new ways to phrase the work-life balance maxim that we're all so used to hearing. And work-life flexibility is so much more realistic and attainable. And I also, I just think the word balance gets a bad rep. I guess this is my little like time management soapbox, but when people think balance, they think a scale, like Lady Liberty scales and everything has to be perfectly equal to be balanced. But if you think of a balanced meal, you're not eating the same amount of protein and the same amount of dairy and the same amount of vegetables. You need different amounts of each in Mm -hmm. order to have a balanced plate, right? That's what balance truly is. And I like to liken it to a garden. Your garden, your life has a lot of different plants. Some need a lot of water and some don't need so much. You've got some succulents, you've got some orchids, some need different amounts of care than others. If you can take care of all the areas of life and water all the areas of life, you can find balance without trying to spend, I'm going to spend 40 hours a week at work and 40 hours a week cleaning my house. Like That's not possible. Right. Right. That's such a great visual. You're bringing me back to back in high school when I was a member of the National FFA Association, the Future (laughs) Farmers, and I had a diversified crop project. Fun fact, where I had a small plot of land at my grandparents' house that I grew different, different crops. And they each required different types of fertilization, different um, just different levels of attention, but they were all able to thrive with different um, time investments and effort investments into each one. So that's such an awesome visual. I'm I'm sure that you know orchids and succulents are a lot. It's a lot is a prettier visual <laughs> than imagining yeah. you know corn and peas. But um, same concept. Cool. I love and it. Honestly, I'm not a gardener. I kill everything. So. <laughs> Yeah, you you should see our front landscaping. It's it's oh, not doing well, but no, hashtag neither. we're doing our best. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> doing our best. So I have to imagine, Amanda, that as a time management coach who is, you know, you're helping your clients really, you know, create their version of work-life balance through flexibility, through systems. I've got to imagine that you've got some pretty great systems and tools and strategies up your sleeve. Can you tell us what works for you? Yeah. So again, it all really just comes back down to rhythms and routines. I know we've heard those topics. We've heard people talk on those so many times, but when you can offload everything you have to do on a daily basis from your mind and make it part of a rhythm that you don't have to think about, it makes life so much easier. Your brain feels clearer. You've got more mental capabilities. You've got more energy that way. So I start every day with a routine. I end every day with routine. I've got routines up my sleeve like crazy, all kinds of different things. I've got a laundry routine, a grocery store routine, and really What I call all of that is batching, and I batch all these different areas of my life. So I take these routines, and within the routines, I will also do 
like with like. So for example, I'll do all the laundry on one day. So I'm washing, drying, folding all at once versus, okay, I'm going to do a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here because that takes way more time than if you just get into laundry mode and do the laundry. You know, specifically, I love that you bring up laundry because that is something that we all have to deal with. It is a, maybe you can call it a necessary evil of life. Mm -hmm. We've got to wear clothes. We've got to have clean ones. We've got to do the laundry. And so many friends, family, people that I know feel like they are constantly in laundry mode. Like, Mm -hmm. does the laundry end or do I die first or what? (laughs) Right. And so I, I love that you push all of that to just one single day. So I'm really excited to dig into batching a little bit more with you in a bit. But what else, you know, especially when it comes to your routines, do you have these written out? Are they posted somewhere? How do you remember the steps? Honestly, no, I do not have them written out because what I did when I created my routines is I started with one step at a time. And so I would, let's say, for example, my morning routine. I knew that I wanted to start with emptying the dishwasher as part of my morning routine because we run it every night so that I don't like a dirty sink. grosses me out. So (laughs) by emptying it in the morning all day long as we dirty dishes, we can put them in the dishwasher and then start it at night and start all over. So there's not ideally ever a pileup in the sink. So I start with one thing and then I just, okay, every morning for however long it takes to really stick, I'm going to do that one step and then I'll add another step. And then you add another step. What a lot of people do wrong with routines is that they overcomplicate them from the beginning and they decide, I'm going to have this 10-step morning routine and from day one, I'm going to start with all 10 steps. But then it's so overcomplicated and overwhelming that they don't end up following through and they never actually end up creating a routine. So is it fair to say that one of your first pieces of advice for someone who is interested in incorporating more routines would just be to start simple? Yes. Oh my gosh. Every Simplicity is everything that I do. Anything that you're trying to do in life, you have to start simple because if you overcomplicate it, you're going to overwhelm yourself and then you're never going to want to follow through. And if it's overcomplicated, it defeats the whole purpose of something making your life easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we are coming around the to the end, the final lap of 2020 as we're recording this. And so I know that People are so, so many people are ready to cross the threshold into 2021. And that means New Year's resolutions. That means 2021 goals. And I'm sure you see this as well, but so many people start the year with these giant lists of things that they want to accomplish and tackle. And then they burn out by January 17th. So, you know, what advice would you have for someone who is, you know, excited about everything that 2021 has in store for them, but wants to have, you know, realistic, manageable success in a fresh start? Uh, Honestly, don't wait until January 1st. If you already know that there's a goal that you want to work towards, start working towards it now. Pick that first action step now. You don't any day can be a fresh start. And I have an unpopular opinion that 
we are placing too much emphasis on the negativity of 2020. All I see constantly is 2020 has been a year. It's been a year. And I say it too. I mean, it has been a lot this year, but I also think that the more we focus on the negative, the more we see the negative versus if we were looking at, like, I had a great year this year too. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of bad, but there was a lot of great. And I think that this is every year, but because we've all decided to focus on the negative, it manip- or manipulates, it multiplies itself. And yes, a pandemic is a huge deal, obviously, like, right. very clearly. But the pandemic allowed us to stay home and sit on our phones and say, oh my gosh, this bad thing happened, this bad thing happened, this bad thing. And we just multiply all of the bad stuff in our minds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I keep that that I keep going back to or that I keep remembering is that the difference between 12, 31, 2020 and 1, 1, 2021 is pretty razor thin. Right. There's not going to be a magic wand that is waved on 2021 where all of a sudden all of our problems are gone and everything is bigger and better and fresher and brighter we're still going to be the same us. We're still going to be ourselves and we're still very likely going to have, you know, a similar life from one minute to the next as the calendar changes. And I think it also takes a little bit of being realistic about, you know, any time is a good time for a fresh start, 100%. Um, And you're right. We can start with that now. And not wait until an arbitrary date on the calendar. Amen. (laughs) Right. And if it's something that you want, take the control of it. Take back your time. Take back whatever goal you're working towards. Don't give the power to some arbitrary date on the calendar. That's just – it's just a date. It's Like you said, there's really no difference between the 31st and the 1st because it's a matter of minutes, hours. That's a difference. That's it. We give way too much attention to fresh starts, and I love fresh starts, but it's just, it's arbitrary. You can take back your time. You can take back your power right now. Why wait? Right. Do it now. Uh, no, that's that, that's fantastic. Um, so Amanda, we've talked routines. We've touched on batching. So what else? I'd love to know if there are any other tools or strategies. You know, are you a planner person? Are you paper? Are you digital? You know, what does day-to-day look like for doing all of the things that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So real specifically, I use a paper planner. I love it. I adore it. I I just don't like Google Calendar. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I love Paper Planner. What I do is when I have an idea of, oh my gosh, I need to get this done. I need to do this thing. I will pop it into Trello, which mm-hmm. is a, for anyone who doesn't know, a project management software. There are a million one of these. I use Trello because if it's not broken, don't fix it. But there's Asana, I think Monday.com, ClickUp. There's a million and one, right? Yes. But what I do, if I have an idea, I have a board in Trello that's just – it's my brain dump board and I dump Mm -hmm. that out. So because psychology – I'm a huge psychology nerd. What your brain does if it wants you to remember something is it will remind you over and over and Mm -hmm. over and over again. But you can trick your brain into thinking that you handled something by writing it down. Fun fact. Yes. So if you brain dump what's on your mind – it's okay, I need to do this and this is the due date and these are the details, whatever. 
I pop it in there. Then I, on Fridays, I plan my next week. I plan three tasks for each block of the day. So I have two work blocks each day and one household block. I have three tasks for each one. That's it. I max myself out. And that way I'm prioritizing what needs to get done, what's actually important, and not letting the urgent overshadow the important. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to find that balance or flexibility or whatever you want to call it because I'm watering all the different areas by breaking it into three categories versus just one long to-do list. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So let me make sure I have a clear picture of this. So something pops into your head. It goes onto your um, your brain dump board. Is that what you mm-hmm. called it? Yeah. Okay. So it goes – I call mine scratch pad. I love it. Yes. <laughs> it goes onto your brain dump board in Trello. And then every Friday you plan your week ahead. Mm-hmm. And so each of your weeks, each day has three different work blocks, two for work and one for home. Mm-hmm. And then within those work blocks, you choose up to three, no more than three, tasks for each one. Mm-hmm. I, that's fantastic. Um, I love that. It, it's simple because, as you said, simplicity is everything. It's simple. It's repeatable. You can almost schedule time yep. to worry about the week ahead on Fridays. You don't have to mm-hmm. worry about it today. You can hold it until Friday. And it sounds like gives you such an opportunity to have that mental stillness to tackle what's in front of you. Yes, absolutely. And the beauty of 
breaking it up is that you have a schedule, but it's not a minute-by-minute schedule. So I know I wake up, I've got my morning routine. I do that. Then I move into my household management block. Then I move into work block one. Around lunchtime, I have lunch. And then after that is work block two. After that is white space for the day. If I've got things planned, great, but that's kind of my space to do whatever I want and relax and hang out with my husband. So I have a flow of each day and I have a rhythm of each day, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sitting there, okay, from 10.05 to 10.45, I'm going to work (laughs) on this thing. Because I think a lot of people try to do that with their schedules and their time blocking and that's stressful (laughs) because you don't finish in time and then you're frustrated for the rest of the day and it's just – it's not balance. It's not flexibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've really found that the precise times can work for some people, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work for everyone. And I'm sure you agree, time management can't be one size fits all. So much of it really does have to do with our personalities and understanding our unique um, you know, our unique ways of taking in information and processing and I love that you have created this framework for yourself that works for you and it gives you that work-life rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. Cece Sutton was one of my interview guests uh, several episodes ago. And in addition to being a work-life performance expert, she's a ballroom dancer. And so work-life rhythm is her thing. And I was so inspired by that by that way of looking at it, that it's less about balance and more about the ebbs and the flows and adjusting to where where the music and where life takes you. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And every season of life is different, right? Yes. Yes. So Amanda is basically a batching queen. Okay. So she mentioned a little bit about batching when we were talking about tools and strategies from the get-go about how she batches all of the different types of work and activities and routines in her life. And she gave laundry as an example. And I love the laundry example because it's one that we all touch. It's something that we all do. It's something that we all think of. But can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, Batching in general, because when I hear batching, I think cookies, to be honest. Um, And, you know, what exactly is batching and how can we start making it a part of our work life and home life to take our time back? So batching of cookies, that's exactly what batching is. You're not – you don't make one cookie at a time. You make an entire batch. So imagine if you were making – one cookie at a time. You would have to mix all of the ingredients, measure out each individual, how much you would need for one cookie for all the Five chocolate chips. <laughs> right, exactly. Mix that together, put it in the oven, let it bake for what, eight minutes or whatever, depending <laughs> on how you like your cookies, and then do the next one, and then do the next one. That's ridiculous, and that would take so much time. Instead, you make an entire batch. You mix the ingredients once. You portion out the cookie size once. You stick it in the oven once or twice, depending on how big your batch is. But you get what I'm saying. It's taking what could be a million small tasks and popping it into one big task instead. That's all batching is. And I guarantee when I just said that I wrote out my top three tasks 
for my three different blocks of the day. Most people listening probably said, but how do you decide what you do when? How do you decide what goes on what day and what order you do things and so on and so forth? What I do is I've taken my week and I've broken it into a batch schedule. I theme my days. So on Mondays, that is marketing and networking and all of my coaching clients are on Mondays. On Tuesdays, I do all of my content. On Wednesdays, that's for administrative work and stuff for my sisterhood, so on and so forth. I've themed every single day so that when I say, okay, these are the top three things for this area of my business, when do I do them? Will I do them all on that day for that theme? And I know a lot of people listening aren't entrepreneurs. This also works with household stuff like the laundry. Every Thursday's laundry day. And you mentioned this earlier where you said that doing laundry never ends. Well, it does end if you give it a specific day to do it on. So if you say every Thursday is my laundry day and you you wash, dry, and fold everything on Thursday, it's done for a week. It is done. You don't have to think about it. And that's the beauty of batching is that, like you said, you can focus on what's in front of you and not worry about other things. So you don't have the, oh my gosh, I need to do laundry. Everything's overflowing. When am I going to get to it? you know when you're going to get to it. It's going to happen on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we actually have wash towels Wednesday at our house. Because, <laughs> you know, any opportunity to bring alliteration to the party, I'm a big fan of. But so we actually, we do laundry on one weekend day, depending on what our weekend schedule looks like. Sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday. We always, no matter what, do a load of towels on Wednesday just to get it, you know, that midweek out of the way. And that works for us. You know, it, it, somebody, uh, compared, um, I don't know if it was batching exactly, but cr- creating themes for your days, like putting cats in a fence <laughs> because, you know, think about cats. They're like all over the place. Well, they it's climb the fences cats. for sure. Exactly. Well, they would climb the fences. So we would have to kind of rework that. But <laughs> when you, when you create boundaries or you create those barriers for yourself. So, you know that on Wednesday you're washing towels. You don't have, you're exactly right. You don't have to think about it. And it frees up your headspace uh, on all the other days of the week. So, so give me a quick recap one more time. What are the different theme days that you have in your week? Yeah. So Mondays are for marketing and networking, connecting with people, collaborations, anything like that. And then Monday afternoons is when I work with my clients. Tuesdays, I work on content. Wednesdays, I work on sisterhood stuff and administration stuff, the back end, broken links, dealing with all that stuff that Mm -hmm. can so easily fall to the side in the business. Thursdays are for projects. Whatever my current goal is, I'm working on it on my project day. And then on Fridays, is my that's my education day. So when I'm taking a course, like we were talking about Ashlyn Carter's Copywriting for Creatives course, mm-hmm. I'm going through that right now. I'm working my way through that course. And every Friday, that's when I sit down and learn. And then once I'm done with my day, I plan the next week, clean up my office, and that's that. That's my my whole batch week schedule. And the beauty of it is that I, again, I can easily plan what I'm doing on any given week. But also, going back to the watering all the areas of your life and business, I know that I'm hitting all the areas of my business each 
week. They are all making progress each and every week versus, okay, I've been working on this project and it's all I've done for two weeks and now I haven't fixed broken links. I haven't been replying to emails. I haven't done any of this stuff that needs to get done because I've been so head down focused on this other thing. I don't have to worry about that because I'm watering all the different areas. So you may have just answered the question that I'm about to ask you, but you know, my burning question is how do you keep yourself from getting tempted to letting things bleed over onto other days? You know, if you absolutely love that project work you're doing on Thursday, how do you keep yourself from working on it on Friday? So one, having knowing that, okay, I'm done with this Thursday, but next Thursday I'm going to have that space again. That helps a lot. And just knowing that I've got these boundaries, having those boundaries are super important because I know the other parts of my business are also important. But also, if because I only set three tasks for whatever block I'm in, if I finish my stuff early, I don't sit there and like make up new things to do. <laughs> I will either go relax or I'll move on to something that I'm really excited about. I did this yesterday. I happened to finish early and I still had an hour and a half before I normally take my lunch break. So I was like, well, I'm part of this other membership that I'm really excited to work through, but it's not actually a priority, quote unquote, yet. So I worked on that a little bit because it was fun and exciting. And if there was some other project that I had on my plate already that I was super, super pumped about, I would have just done that instead. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, what they say with organizing and house cleaning, a place for everything and everything yes. in its place. And that's what you've done with your time and how you structure how you spend it. Yes, I love that. I'm very firm about that in our household too. It's <laughs> <laughs> the one in me, I guess. I don't know. But yes, I think it's so important that everything has its own place because then you don't have to waste mental energy on it. That's what's so frustrating about a cluttered home and your objects not having a place is that it you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to put that up, but I don't know where to put it up. So I'm not going to put it up right now. But every time I look at it, I'm going to think of it. Mm-hmm. That's Everything becomes like. an outstanding decision. Right. And all of those outstanding decisions compound into decision fatigue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about those things that don't have to be done weekly, you know, that don't fit neatly into one of those themes or could be done quarterly? How do you remember to tackle those things? Honestly, I don't know if I've run into that at all because every every task that I've had to do for my business fits somehow inside one of those, even if it's you know, I'm planning for the next quarter. Well, I would do that on Fridays, which is my planning day. Mm-hmm. So I haven't yet found anything, and I've been doing this for years with this schedule. I haven't yet found anything that doesn't fit in some way. Also, because the project day is kind of a catch-all. A catch-all. Yeah. You know, you said that you have found that, or you haven't found anything that doesn't fit. And I think that's probably a testament to the fact that you're spending time on what matters. You're not taking on or you're not chasing shiny things that don't directly move the needle in your life or business. Yes. Intentionality and simplicity, so important for everything that we're doing. And if something doesn't have a purpose, it does not need to be on your schedule, which only having three tasks per block each day 
helps to make sure that you don't have the room to put things that are shiny objects on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I want to start batching, if I'm someone who's listening and I'm not a business owner and let, let's say I'm a teacher or I'm a social media manager at a PR agency, how can I start batching? Like what would be my first step to figure out how to make this a part of my work? Okay, that's really funny that you use the teachers as an example because I actually started doing this when I was teaching with my (laughs) lesson plans because I realized I was doing the same things over and over and over again. And it wasn't that it was the exact same to everything. And it wasn't that it was the exact same every single time. But for example, when I was teaching and I was creating my lesson plans, I knew that every day I had a Bible story, I had a some kind of fine motor skill activity. I taught preschool and I was going to have an, a science experiment every single week. There was some kind of rhythm within the way I planned out what I was doing with my students. And instead of okay, I'm going to work on today. Like I'm going to work on day one of whatever I've planned out and create everything for that. Instead, I would say, okay, I'm going to work on subjects. I'm going to batch all the stuff for this one subject for the week and then for the next subject and so on and so forth because I was in that zone. So if you're someone, if you're not a teacher and you're wanting to do this, look for things that are repetitive. Even if they're not exactly alike, what are you doing over and over and over again? Where can you mush things together essentially and say, okay, I'm doing this constantly. How can I get as much of it done as possible in one time so that I've got space to do the next thing and then do the next thing? A great example of this, like the laundry, is meal planning and grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people do is they will decide the day of what they're going to cook and then they're going to run to the grocery store after they get off work and then they're going to go home and cook without any thought to the next day. And the next day they do the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. Instead, if you're someone who just makes a list, makes a plan for the week, and you know this is all the stuff I need to get for this week, I'm going to drive to the store once. I'm going to walk through the store once. I'm going to drive home and put away groceries once. And then you're only doing that once a week. It probably takes you, depending on where you live, an hour, hour and a half a week at the grocery store versus 20 to 30 to 40 minutes every single day at the grocery store and cooking and so on and so forth. So what are tasks that you're doing over and over again that are repeatable that you can do all at once instead? Okay. So so it sounds like we want to spot the rhythms mm-hmm. or the patterns or the categories. Yes. In whatever it is that we do because they will probably emerge. Yeah, absolutely. Anything we do is going to have some rhythm. There's not going to be a job that is solely different every single day. Even if Mm -hmm. you do have one that is more or or, sorry, even if you have one that's less routine, there's going to be something that you can batch that's going to take something off your mind and something off your plate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, this brings me back to one of those job interview kind of questions. That's something along the lines of, so tell me about a typical day mm-hmm. in this role. And it is such a lazy answer. I'm just going to put out, go ahead and say it. It is such a lazy answer to say, well, there's no such thing as a typical day. Mm-hmm. 
No, (laughs) there has to be some kind of typical rhythm or routine or pattern that emerges or else this wouldn't be a job. Yes. So so if you're listening and you are a recruiter or you are someone who is in the position to hire people, I really encourage you to be thoughtful about your response to that to that question. You know, maybe no two days truly are the same, but if you can find a way to answer that question in a way that reveals those patterns or rhythms, that is so, so helpful to your potential hires. Just, you know, PSA, really wanted to mention that. (laughs) No, I love it. I think it's so important and it is. We love to dismiss new ideas and say, well, that wouldn't work for me because of this, but how can you make it work for you? Yes, my exact, like you said earlier, when you work with clients, you've got to fix it to their life. My exact rhythm and routine is not going to work for everyone listening. But how can you take what we're talking about today and implement some small part of it into your life to make your life easier? 100%. So if you were to, you know, issue a challenge or encourage an action item, you know, what would you tell someone who is, you know, who has listened, who is interested, and who is ready to start making batching a part of their lives? Pick one thing that you can batch, one small thing, whether that's laundry or planning out your meals for the week. Just pick one and get started with it. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't try to do everything we talked about. But what's one area that you can batch that you find yourself constantly annoyed by and constantly in that, oh my gosh, it never ends mode? What can you do right now to work on that and to batch that? Amanda, I love that you – point to the thing that we're annoyed with, the thing that we tend to avoid or just don't enjoy doing, like (laughs) trying to see how we can batch maybe that as our first one thing. You know, it takes me back to episode 15 of It's About Time where I shared my Finance Friday routine, which is essentially all of my financial tasks batched into a time block that I do each Friday. And the reason why I started batching my Finance Friday routine is because I don't enjoy dealing with finances or money or tracking expenses or looking at bank accounts. I am a classic avoider. And so finding a way to just create a checklist so I'm just going down the list and doing each step almost allows me to put myself on autopilot. So I get it done. I feel accomplished and it makes it 5% less annoying. And the rest of the week, you don't have to think about it. Right, right. I schedule time to worry about it on Fridays. And so, by the way, that's episode 15. And I even include a download in that episode that lists out my entire Finance Friday routine if you want to get your hands on that for inspiration. So, So Amanda, as we are wrapping up our time today, I know that you and I could probably just keep talking for hours, geeking out about time management and Disney details and batching and all of that good stuff. But, you know, I would love to know if Amanda today could give a piece of advice to 20-year-old Amanda 
who is standing on the edge of everything that's to come, you know, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I would say to trust the journey mm-hmm. that there is going to be a lot of stuff you go through that doesn't make sense until much, much later. But when you look back on life, you're going to see a lot of threads coming together and it will all start to make a lot of sense, even when it's not so great in the meantime. So yeah, trust the journey. Trust the journey. I love it. I love it. So I know that you know everyone listening has has gotten so much out of what you've shared with us today. You've been so incredibly inspiring and given us so much food for thought about how we can take the principles of batching and apply it to our work life, our home life, family life, to take back our time so we can spend more time on what matters most. So how can we keep in touch with you and keep learning with you, Amanda? The best place to go would definitely be Instagram. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield and I share all kinds of tips and tricks over there. And that's, yeah, that's where I'm most active for sure. Perfect. Well, I will be sure to link up Amanda's Instagram account as well as any other ways that you can keep in touch with her moving forward. So Amanda, thank you again so much for spending time with us today for sharing your wisdom and for, you know, being a part of our weeks. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I'm so, so grateful for you. All right. I will talk to you soon. And there you have it. I absolutely loved all of the examples that Amanda provided, and I hope that they inspire you to find ways to start batching in your life and work. It's amazing the flow and efficiency you can create by grouping similar tasks together and creating a consistent headspace. I'm definitely going to be on the hunt for more opportunities to batch. And as usual, all this talk about batching has me craving cookies. So I'm off to the kitchen to whip up a batch. You can find links to the productivity tools that Amanda mentioned, as well as links to her Chasing Simple podcast and details about how to learn from and work with Amanda by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 56. And don't forget that you can join me and Amanda inside Megan Martin's Digital Lab for 14 days for free by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash digital lab. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.